Hi guys, and welcome to the show. This week, we'll be talking to Sabina and Robin from far away Estan and all the incredible journeys in bikepacking that they have done. Here's a couple of few things that we'll be hearing from them today. It can be as easy just just bring one small bag of clothing and go out on a small little overnight or somewhere. Just fun traveling by bike, go out. Like, okay, cool, that's fun. You can definitely come. We are having a good time, so yes. But we should go by bike. And I had never cycled on a, on a hill before, even, let alone a mountain. And then with all those heavy panniers. It was almost one and a half year. Yeah. So let's get that interview going. Hello, Sabina, and hello, Robin. How are you tonight? Hi, we're good. Thanks. Yeah, we're good. Perfect. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. This is awesome. So I'm sitting here in the dark parts of Germany. Uh, you can see it's kind of dark and I hate the darkness. And you guys are in the southern parts of Sweden in Malmö, right? Yeah, it's even darker a little bit earlier here, I think. But probably, uh, <laughs> probably, probably. But, but tell me, you live in Malmö, but you are not really from Malmö. None of you, right? Or am I, am I right about that? I you are Sabina. am born in Malmö. Uh, oh, you are? Okay. I am raised in the Netherlands. Oh. Yes. Uh, Robin is born and raised yeah, in exactly. the Netherlands. So, yeah. And you, yeah. you are Dutch by blood. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, Sabina brought me here. She is the, <laughs> she's the reason I ended up here in the, in the southern tip of Sweden. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know that. I mean, but I was the other person. My wife is German, so I dragged her to Sweden for a couple of years. And, and mm. here we are. Now we live, now we <laughs> kind of live both in Sweden and in Germany. So it's, uh, yeah, I, I feel you. I feel you. So are you guys speaking uh, Dutch or English in between you guys? We speak Dutch with each other. Yeah. Oh, you do? Yeah. My Swedish is, uh, it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, but I would figure maybe that you would speak English, maybe. But you, you're speaking Dutch then, okay? You, you, you're fluent in Dutch as well, Sabina. Yeah, yeah. I'm raised in the Netherlands by a Dutch mother, so she's she's only born in Malmo, and she's she. she I'm a fake Malmo. She she moved to the Netherlands <laughs> when she was one. No, nope. got you. Not even one, and then she lived there for <laughs> thirty years. Yeah. Oh. It's interesting. Thank you very much for joining uh, the show. This has been such a long time coming, to be honest. I've been wanting to to talk to you guys about all your adventures and everything. I first thing uh, think that I saw you on Instagram many years ago now, four or five years ago or so, a bunch of time when I started, I guess. I and think and I was, was so super stoked. Four... Oh, sorry? Oh. I think it was three or four years ago when we just moved to Malma because you had that shared Instagram account, right? Correct, correct. That's how I got started. I my my the account that I had, the Gravelholic account, it used to be Scone Gravel Squad. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and that was actually how I sort of try and tried to sort of get to know people in Malma and started to ride with people. And so that's yeah, I kind of started. I don't want to say that I uh, um, started stalking people, but almost. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've done um, probably the same with our Instagram account because it is always so nice to meet other people through it. And uh, especially with the shared account, it has just been quite a safe way to reach out to people. And 
um, yeah, you have the same hobby and you are, uh, when we were traveling, we reached out to people, for example, uh, that would be in the same areas as we, or they were maybe cycling a couple hundred kilometers ahead of us. So we would check in with them, like, what is the route like? What is it? Is the road even open? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and well, those scenarios can probably still happen in Malmö or in Skåne as well. You just share routes with each other and you meet up for rides. So yeah, yeah. yeah really plus, nice plus, we didn't really know anyone before before mm, we moved here. Besides, people. besides your uh, your dad, your family. Mm. But we be, besides that, we didn't know anything. So we just started following a bunch of accounts, including uh, including yours, also some accounts from Stockholm. Uh, which is not that that near nope. near Malmo, <laughs> no. but still, it's still Sweden. But it's a big country, huh? And we actually met met some people, and it, it took a while before we were merging or blending in in the local cycling community here. Uh, but now I think it's uh, I think now we're there. And we're a staple now. Yeah. <laughs> now people are reaching awesome. out to us. Yeah, I, I'm a little bit, and that's what I want to say as well. I'm a little bit bummed about that, that we never got to ride together. We tried a couple of times, but then it, it never worked out for different reasons. And yeah, but maybe we'll do it in the future. But now at least we get to talk now uh, during this show. So I'm super excited about that. It's, uh, we, didn't, uh, we didn't even have gravel bikes when we, uh, when we came here, when we touched base in, in Malmö. True. No. True. Yeah, that's actually, that's a perfect segue to my first question that I want to ask you guys. <laughs> so I, I know I know that you have a couple of few different kinds of bikes, right? But tell me a little bit about what kind of bikes do you ride and why do you ride them? You want to go first? Yeah. You have, you have the most bikes. You have, I have uh, the, most the biggest bikes. collection here <laughs> in the apartment. As so. it should be. <laughs> uh, well, so I really started cycling um, for our uh, longer trip that we did, we cycled um, um, for, I think, about nine or ten months. And then we had really heavy steel touring bikes with, with super uh, thick Schwalbe marathon tires that are impossible to get a puncture in, but they also weigh like three kilograms each. Uh, and they will do the job. They will get you forward. So for a trip like that, that is perfect. Uh, but when we then moved to Sweden, we were still using those bikes. But I was so frustrated because it was so slow. And everyone was riding these super bikes because, of course, in Sweden, everyone, and I think it's in whole Scandinavia, people ride ridiculous, expensive bikes. Uh, <laughs> it kind of makes you jealous. Uh, so uh, then we started looking at gravel bikes and we got into aero gravel bikes. And that really made sure that we could expand our radius and really uh, get a little bit further around our local area and do mm -hmm. longer rides. Um, yeah, so that's how we kind of, because we were already gravel cycling, but we were just using touring bikes and that works, but it's just slow. So I think then we went up from 16 kilometers per hour to not that much faster to <laughs> 21 or 22. So <laughs> a big difference. <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly and after that um i wanted to explore different types of cycling because if i'm always doing the same thing i kind of get bored so um yeah we uh, also started to doing more uh ultra cycling and i wanted to have a suitable bike for that as well 
uh, and Robin was the one picking the races. And for some reason, he always picks very diff difficult <laughs> routes and races. So the first uh, race we did there was, uh, it was a mountain biking race. So then I needed a mountain bike, of course. And last summer, I really wanted to start road cycling to really get part of the community because we have a really good road cycling community here in Malma with a local bike shop called Muset. And uh, so did well, I do very well. as well. <laughs> and yeah, now I started cyclocross, but I haven't bought a cyclocross bike yet. So Yeah, I've seen that on the pictures. You used the 3T Explorer um, uh, for, for that. But I mean... As, as any bike is a gravel bike, any bike can be used for cross as well, right? So I think I don't think it's a bad bike in any kind of way to use for that. Yeah, no, definitely. It, it works. Uh, it's just the arrow down tube is not perfect for the, for the carrying. Yeah. Get your bike or your shoulder through it. But I mean, yeah, it works. Yeah. It does the job. <laughs> awesome. Thank you very much. How about you, Robin? You said that she has more than you. That's yeah, she has. Yeah. It's, it's, for me, it's a little different because I don't have a mountain bike. I don't have a road bike. I'll stick to gravel. That's, mm -hmm. uh, that's my thing. I really like being out in the forest. I, quite often, I bring my photo camera and just, just go for hours by myself. I still do have a, a bikepacking specific bike. Uh, that's uh, something I would probably always have in my uh, in my bike park. Mm -hmm. That's because that's that's after all how it all started. But that's not a bike. That's a tractor. It's, <laughs> it's yeah. It, it it is slow. It's it's, it's crazy. A, it's basically a steel drop bar mountain bike with a rigid fork uh, and two point twenty five inch tires. Twenty nine. Wow. Yeah, so when we were doing the race, I was on a I was on a carbon uh, hardtail mountain bike, and Robin was on a steel yeah. drop bar hardtail or rigid yeah. mountain bike. You can call it with no suspension at all, no just the tires as suspension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so it That's was brave. drops and and even arrow bar. So it was the ultimate <laughs> Frankenstein. <laughs> but i love it it's so much fun it it, it does everything it, it it goes well on trails on uh, on gravel roads on, on tarmac no not the fastest but it's a lot of fun yeah but circling back to what we talked about what you mentioned a little bit earlier uh sabina you, you talked about that you have this shared account and that is far away Eston. and then you have your own private accounts of course your, your personal accounts but this far away Eston, it's when I when I was a kid and we kind of made jokes about things that was way sort of beyond the the horizon and and places that we would never ever see in our whole life. We always called it blah 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 something Eston. And so I I when when I saw your name that that tagline and I now I want to I want to read actually from your web page. Uh, what you have defined as why you have what what that means far away Ston. a proverbial far away destination which exists only beyond country borders the suffix Ston is derived from the persian translation for place or country so i actually learned something there i had no idea that's the case of course you know that there are some countries that has that in the name as well and that's kind of where where i came from but 
But tell me a little bit and talk to me about about this name. Where, how did you come up with this, and where did it come from, and where did it all start? It, it to be very honest, it it all kind of started as a joke. It's 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 a fictive place coming from Donald Duck. I think in Swedish it's called Kala Anka. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's there's, honestly where we got it from. Yeah, there's a there's a <laughs> fictive place where 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 if you travel somewhere strange or off the beaten track, then they were referring to the to the place far away is done. And we oh, did really? this this long journey and we rode our bikes through all the former Soviet countries, which uh, coincidentally end with Stan. So Kazakhstan, uh, Kyrgyzstan, Tajikistan. So every time we told the story of the places where we were traveling to, then everyone said something like, oh, you're going to far away Istan. But then in Dutch, so it would be Verwegistan. Yeah, it, it is It is a translation from Dutch and it maybe doesn't really translate that well into English, but we still think it's it's a funny name. I think it's epic. I love the name. And the funny thing is that it hadn't been coined yet in English, but I know mm-hmm. that you have it in Dutch then, Verwegistan, and mm-hmm. uh, you also have it in Swedish, Lontbolkistan. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. I don't know if there's... That's where, that's where it is in Swedish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I don't know yeah. if there's a German version as well, but the English one, yeah, that's just... No one used it, so uh, we uh, claimed it. <laughs> Awesome. I need to ask my wife if there's a similar kind of thing in, yeah. in German as well. Yes, yeah. Let us know. <laughs> we don't know, to be honest. Was this then the big bikepacking, where it all started? That That's the trip that you're referring to. Tell me about that trip. How did you come up with such a crazy idea to do that? Well, when we met on our first date, I was... Like, okay, don't get too attached to me. I want to travel and I will be out of here uh, quite soon. But I wasn't a cyclist at the time. And Robin was already road cycling for fun every now and then. And he was also following a lot of people on social media that were doing these types of long uh, bike travels. And he started convincing me like, hey, I want to come. Like, okay, cool. That's fun. You can definitely come. We are having a good time. So yes. But we should go by bike. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that was a bit of a change uh, of a plan. Uh, but at the same time, it you were showing me these Instagram accounts and uh, websites of people that were doing it, and they just seemed to be having such a great time. It was so mm-hmm. inspiring to follow these people and see their journeys and just see <laughs> how happy they were. And honestly, a lot happier than I've seen a lot of. Uh, a lot of backpackers or people that are traveling normally because when you travel what do you do okay you wake up you need to go eat something then you need to find something to do then you need to find a restaurant again then maybe you need to kill some time you're basically eating and killing time but now you can be biking and eating (laughs) yeah that was i think that was exactly my reason to to do this trip because i did a long backpacking trip before where I travel as much as I could overland to Japan. So all the way across Europe, uh, Russia, and then I took a flight from Russia to Japan. That was that was the end. But during that trip, I realized that most of the time you're sitting in a bus or in a train and that's just basically killing time. Mm-hmm. And and then we I, I, I kind of stumbled upon some Instagram accounts and I was like, okay, maybe I could combine 
something like this, traveling this far with, with traveling by bike. But, but then but I still have to convince. Then I still have to convince <laughs> Sabina. That was uh, <laughs> that was that was maybe so the hardest. This part. is actually your first like kind of trip together. Yeah. No, we did. We did some trial trips. Okay. In the Netherlands before. Yeah. Yeah, we okay. had to save up money for it uh, before we left because we actually really left everything behind. We were planning on going for who knows how long. Um, but then, uh, we did a short trip to Zeeland, which is a province in the Netherlands as a test trip when we had bought all of our stuff. So this was when we had already like bought everything. We had the bikes, we had the tent, we had everything. It was quite an investment. <laughs> and then we did one weekend test trip and it was, uh, the windiest, uh, province, uh, in the Netherlands. Uh, or one of actually all of them are, but you know, it's the Netherlands. We don't have hills; we have wind. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> not hills. Um, but it was quite a heavy storm, and uh, we were having the headwind the whole day long, and it was brutal. But we were still having such a good time. Yeah. When we at the end of the day tried to pitch our tent, it was blowing away, oh. and we were still smiling when we were trying to test our uh, um, stove uh, to make our dinner. We couldn't get it on because there was too much wind and the flame didn't catch on. <laughs> we were still having fun. Like we were constantly laughing and having such a good time. Then we thought, okay, well, this is going to be fine. This is okay. going to a, a nice experience. And for how, and for how long were you gone then when you when you when you went? I think we were so we cycled for I think about six or seven months at first, and then no, it was much longer. It was it was over one and a half year in total. Yes, of course, but uh, we spent uh, some time in Kazakhstan because my family visited me there of all places <laughs> and we also uh, uh, spent a little bit of time on india um yeah we had a like a holiday <laughs> from cycling in between the <laughs> in between the biking so exactly sabina's mom uh and stepdad they, they visited almaty uh, my parents and my brothers came to sri lanka for uh, for a short for a short sun summer holiday so that was that was nice but in the end it was it was almost one and a half year yeah wow that is incredible yeah have, have you any idea how many kilometers you covered during that one and a half year i don't know we get this question quite often but we never we never really did the math and it's mm -hmm. it's also a bit difficult to calculate because we we hitched high parts in the desert in kazakhstan mm. sometimes we uh, took a train yeah, uh, or a ferry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess what we could a adventure. draw a oh line. See how many we can probably check our Strava or something. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh my God. I never realized that you were gone for such a long time. That is so, so incredible. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty insane. Also, I think where we started in Georgia, uh, we flew to Tbilisi, which is, and then we went up to the mountains. And I had never cycled on a, on a hill before, even <laughs> let alone a mountain. And then with all those heavy panniers, it was kind of a brutal awakening. But <laughs> in, in, in retrospect, it was probably a bit too optimistic. 
especially because we we picked a bikepacking route from the website bikepacking.com and it, it it it's insanely hard it's 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 with hiker bike sessions yeah, they and give these difficulty levels on a scale uh, from one to ten and i think this one was a nine out of ten and we thought we could do that with our bike pack or with our touring bikes, with our panniers. <laughs> it was absolutely wow. impossible. We got quite far, but then we ended up uh, hitching a ride back <laughs> so, so that we could continue cycling on the a little bit more normal gravel roads instead of straight through true. mountains. <laughs> so let's let's be honest. How many times did you actually think about quitting and just, no, I'm going home to Sweden. I'm going home to, to, to the Netherlands or something like that. When Did that ever happen? No, I don't think ever about going home because we were always thinking about going forward. We were always planning ahead, going to the next destination. So when it would really become too much, then it would usually be a bit too much for me. <laughs> and then I would say, okay, I'm hitching a ride and we're going to the next destination because the next part is going to be easier or uh, we are meeting some people that are also cycling there or, you know, there's always like, the next part is <laughs> a bit more uh, uh, looking attractive than the really tough climb that you have exactly in front of you, but never really to go home because we didn't have a home. We yeah, sold, left. sold pretty much all our belongings. Sabina sold her car. We quit the rent of, uh, of our house. Yeah. We quit our jobs. So there wasn't really something left besides, besides our parents, family. That is so super brave to do something like that. <laughs> yeah. But tell me, I mean, that this year and a half, it must kind of have forged, to use such a strong word, your relationship to each other. But how that must have been difficult this is as well. And but is there anything that you want to speak about those kind of hard times or, or learnings that you did as a couple? The good thing about it is that even when you're super mad at each other because you're tired, you're hungry, uh, you still need each other because one person has the tent, the other person has the cooking gear. So you need to fix it together. You need to solve it. You need to talk it out. And I think we are both very good at talking, but also listening. And that's just very important. You need to not only say your own thing, you of course need to say your own thing as well and be heard, but also hear what the other person has to say and adapt to that and just adapt to each other. Yeah, and most of the time it's okay because you have a lot of highs and a lot of lows. Mm -hmm. And as long as those lows are, you don't have them at the same time, then it's then, then it's then it's okay that you could survive. If it's if it's happening at the same time, then it's yeah, that makes it harder. Yeah, then it's difficult. Yeah. So, for example, um, when it, traveling in these types of countries takes a, quite a big uh, chunk out of your health as well. Robin was hospitalized for a bit even because uh, he was completely dehydrated because he had a uh, bacteria in his stomach uh, and that just takes a lot of energy and yeah that I mean the hygiene levels is just different than what we are used to here uh, so you get sick it's quite normal for people traveling in these countries but also um, yeah of course for the people that live there as well um, so then it's always good to have someone that is taking care of you. <laughs> but if you have that at the same time, that would make it a yeah. lot harder. I don't think we had that really. 
think so. But let's no. let's leave let's leave the hardship behind and and talk about the highs. I I I can only assume that there there are so many great memories. There are so many great things sort of to think about what what happened. But can you, can you speak to me and just talk to me about a few of those? What was sort of some of those really sort of super the, moments that you guys experienced? Yeah. So the the literal high highest point. That was also for me the biggest highlight of the trip, and that was at six thousand. No. You, oh, you always keep saying six, but it's 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 actually only five thousand. Oh, sorry, five thousand four hundred sixteen meters. Five thousand four hundred sixteen meters. That's the highest point we reached during our trip with the bikes, and that was just such a cool experience to push your bike for two weeks. You have this one pass that you're working towards and you're doing it with a group of friends and uh, together. And, and then you're <laughs> up on this Nepalese, uh, this uh, uh, mountain. And then you're up on this mountain in Nepal. Uh, it's on the Annapurna circuit track. So not on top of the Annapurna, that would be a bit too hard. Uh, but the Annapurna circuit track, it goes around the Annapurna. It's a Jeep track. Uh, and then the highest part is only a hiking trail. And we thought it would be cool to take our bikes over it. <laughs> so wow. we did it. We heard, we heard stories of people who, who biked it before. Yeah. And back then, that was in, in 2019, there wasn't much information about it online on, on blogs and stuff like that so we just we just decided to yeah, there was one blog to give it a go yeah there was one blog about it and we saw it and we just thought it was so cool so and actually i was convincing everyone in the group to do it everyone was a bit hesitant but i thought no we just have to do it and then at that point when you reach the highest part and you just see snow peaks and all these uh, prayer flags in the wind yeah it was really a special experience awesome. <laughs> yeah you you're talking about this group i guess this also sort of that you you that you found people that you rode with i guess that was not planned um are you still kind of friends with these people at, at this point in time do you still keep in contact it was quite an international group we rode a, a, a big part uh with an american couple we actually met them in delhi in India. In India. And we rode all the way to Nepal, to, to Pokhara, to, to the start of this of this route. And Sam, who we and later Sam, on met in Bali again. An Irish guy. And there was a Swiss guy as well, which yeah. we bumped into somewhere, somewhere in, in Nepal. Yeah. But yeah. it's, you make a lot of friendships on the road and you have really good memories of those, but it's not like you then meet up again every year or like that. You just have those memories and maybe you follow each other on Strava or you follow the other person's blog. And, uh, but yeah, it's just the memories that you make together on the road. But I think that's also the beautiful part about traveling. It's the people you meet. And yeah. also that there's, it's so, um, you don't have to do anything for those people. It's, it's just so free. And that makes that everyone can be very free. There's no, um, you're you're not counting on each other to to do something. 
yeah. cool. I, I just have to ask as well, like, it's impossible to plan such a route, right? I mean, you, you said that you had something off of bikepacking.com and that, that sort of, I guess that provided some kind of guidance, but there must have been research that you had to do on the fly as well, like next week, next month, whatnot. How, yeah. how, how do you do that? How did that work? That is also where that Instagram account came in very handy because we were talking to a lot of other people and just following uh, other people that were already writing it. Um, like to this day, we still get a lot of questions from people uh, where they ask us uh, like, hey, you were cycling here and here. How was the roads? Uh, can I book hotels? Can I sometimes also question like, OK, you can Google that. But <laughs> but otherwise, it's fun to help people uh, get on the road. And I think that is also what uh, really what we really like about uh, working um We've been working with Komoot for a little bit, making collections, for example, and really sharing the routes that we did. We do that on our website as well. So when we've traveled somewhere, we really try to like share that information again so that when someone else is planning a, a, a bikepacking trip there, that they can, yeah, just make, they can look on our website and there is actually <clears throat> information out there. There's quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Cool. And in a lot of cases, there's just one option that we we yeah. followed. We followed the Pamir Highway, which is which is a road between Tajikistan and Afghanistan. And it's just there's just one option. You just follow the road and you, you can't get lost. Were, were you never afraid? I mean, these places, they, they, they has they have some instabilities, right? At least nowadays. And they have had in the past as well. Afghanistan has been a very sort of yeah the, a rough place to be uh, for many reasons um were you ever afraid that there was any sort of bad stuff happening i've never felt unsafe and and back then i think afghanistan was was a little better than it's doing now that's uh, that's a fact but you could you could you could see guards marching across across the river at, on the on the afghan side and and sometimes we even hear gunfire when we, uh, that's something I remember. I remember one We just evening. told ourselves it was celebratory fire. They weren't fighting. There was just people cheering. They were just happy. <laughs> yeah, I remember one evening we pitched our tent and it was in, on the other side of the valley, we heard, uh, we heard gunshots and it's, yeah, it, it does make you wonder. Yeah, that. that time we also had um, a flashlight shining on our tent. And we had the the bikes with all the reflective parts on it, so like we couldn't really hide. Uh, that was the only time during the trip that I was a bit scared, but otherwise okay. people were very friendly. I think they tried to bribe us once, but and they they came to us like cigarettes, cigarettes, and we said, "Oh no, we don't smoke." Bye. <laughs> and they were just so confused that we continued cycling, and then, like that was the worst of it. Wow. <laughs> But let's switch gears a little bit. So um, back in Sweden, I know that you have now done a bunch of different other kinds of bikepacking, like small, long, short, um, out doing like credit card bikepacking, is it called it right as well and stuff like that. So tell me, I mean, bikepacking is like asking someone what is gravel. It's kind of also asking what is bikepacking, I guess. It's, it's just such a wide variety. But tell me, what's what's bikepacking for you guys and what's the difference in between the different kind of variants? It, yeah, it's, it's a good question because I guess when you look when you look at bikepacking online, it's like it, it, it's it's traveling on a bike and it has to be super extreme you need to bring a tent and you need to to 
cross like a high mountain pass. I don't think it has to be that complicated. It it can be as easy just just bring one small bag of clothing and go out on a small little overnight or somewhere. It's just it's just fun traveling by bike, go out and even if you're just going to to a friend that lives in another city and you're going there by bike and you have a small bag or even a backpack, you have some stuff with you for to spend the night. Like that's already bikepacking. You are already traveling by bicycle. Yeah, I've I've been I've been thinking about this myself because I have I don't have all of the kind of gear that you guys have, but I have some bags that I can put on the bike, and of course I have a backpack, right? And but I've been thinking about doing something like that, but I never did it, and I feel so like what's stopping you? What's holding you back? Exactly, exactly. Just you, need to get it done. Yeah, and you could just start by booking booking a bed and breakfast somewhere. Yeah, and, just and right there, something that. You'll be surprised how many new roads you're exploring in your in your home area. If you start from home, ride hundred kilometers somewhere, maybe less even. It's it's like a whole new world, and then you sleep there, have breakfast, ride back the same morning, and you you have a. I'm guarantee you, you have a great adventure. Yeah, I think that sometimes you can get a little bit stuck in the planning phase. We also have that. Uh, you want to plan everything into the details, and then. In with yeah, being perfectionist, it just doesn't happen because then the moment passes or you get different priorities and then it just doesn't happen. Uh, so really just booking something, if it's a flight or if it's a hotel or a bed and breakfast or mm-hmm. like something, just setting a date and committing to that, just going out there. And of course, yeah, maybe you can, when it's really bad weather, you can choose to change it or you will not die from a little bit of rain. So <laughs> you can also still go because I think that the trips where we had the worst weather, we still had very good memories of it. For example, last year with New Year's, I think that was a pretty good bikepacking trip. Yeah. Thank you very much for those tips. I really need to get out on the on the bike to do some something like that. That would be so epic. Um, yeah. Do you have any other sort of get started tips any other sort of recommendations or for us that's that's complete newbies like myself i really or, think or it, things that you shouldn't do maybe <laughs> yes i i think it really doesn't matter what type of bike you have or what type of bags you have it's just really to uh do what is in within your reach so if you already have a fast gravel bike and uh, a bikepacking bag because you might use it uh, when you, on your daily commute, well, then you have a perfect credit card bikepacking setup. Or if you already have camping gear because you uh, already do some hiking sometimes, well, then you can you just need to get maybe a pannier or, uh, or uh, a backpack or something that be within your price range or within what you are looking already probably <laughs> and then you can get it and yeah do a super cool bike packing and uh, camping adventure it's really just about getting out and doing it and uh, maybe seeing if you have friends that already do it that maybe you can borrow some stuff from them before actually committing to buying stuff because the equipment is quite expensive but there's a lot of uh, secondhand stuff available as well so yeah <laughs> doing what is in within your reach 
Oh, that's awesome. Thank you very much. Um, I was snooping around on your webpage as well a little bit, just to do a little bit of research. And I, I, am I understanding it correctly that you're kind of combining business and pleasure as well to some extent? That you, you that you're doing some kind of jobs for brands, but at the same time, sort of doing your trips. It's or how? yeah, it's it's we do this mostly for fun. We don't really earn an income or something something from it. No, it's it's because we like to write stories. I like to photograph. We like to showcase it to to inspire people, and we we sometimes we're getting approached by 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 companies or by brands if we want to highlight a, a product or something. Uh, but but we're not getting paid, so it's not it's not a business thing in 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 that. No, I think the main main thing what we've been getting is uh, discounts on products of stuff that we already wanted to buy. <laughs> so, for example, when we were when we were planning the trip, uh, the long trip, we talk we were talking to an importer of outdoor equipment in the Netherlands, and they said, "Well, if you're gonna do this, uh, if you're gonna do this blog anyway, we can give you like a fifty percent discount on the camping gear." Yeah, of course, that's perfect because if you want to go on a longer trip and it's just making sure that we have a little bit more money left to actually spend on the trip, uh, so that is actually really cool that it has been that it has kind of enabled our adventures in a bit, but when we were on the trip we were thinking okay do we want to do this full time and really work uh, make this our work but yeah no that's I, I don't really see us doing that because then all of a sudden you have very different expectations on you on you as well and we are just really doing what we think is fun. And if we don't want to post a blog for six months, we don't want to have any brands knocking on our door and saying, hey, why didn't you do anything? So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can completely relate to that because that's how I do it as well, right? I don't live off of this. This is just my hobby. I do it for fun um, and I don't have any obligations. So I think that's, and you, you just use the stuff that you like yourself. There is no kind of, commitments or bad feelings in any kind of way back and forth and you don't have to push things to people yeah, and, yeah. just so much it, more honesty right it yeah. also makes it much easier to say no to brands that are reaching out to us that we just not interested in like okay mm. no don't need it yeah makes total yeah. sense so we don't we don't write reviews or stuff like that and we don't like take take brand photos of stuff and, and publish it on our website. It's, it's like maybe if a fun, a fun story is that we, we did a, a trip to Oslo a couple of months ago, we got a couple of rental bikes and we got them in exchange in exchange of, of taking some photos for them. Yeah. yeah perfect. It's a great deal. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's basically how it works. We so wanted it's... to try the bikes anyway, we were going to make a blog anyway. So it's a good deal for us. I guess it's a win-win for both. So that's yeah. uh, that, and that's and that's perfectly fine. That's a nice segue to my next uh, my next question. So is it, Robin? Is it only you that's holding the camera, or because you are on some pictures, some now and then as well? And and Sabina, when you pick it up, what's the what's the expectation for Robin's side? Does he, does he give you direction, and or what? What's <laughs> sometimes good, it's a good question. Sometimes he does. Sometimes, well, it depends. If the cycling is really tough. 
then I am not interested in taking photos at all. I am just completely focused and tired. And uh, then Robin can get a little bit upset sometimes. Like, I also want to be on a picture sometimes. It's not just, yeah. I mean, everybody wants to have a nice picture of themselves, right? And sometimes he really uh, already has something in mind. But usually I cannot get it out the same way that he can. So I usually just say, okay, give me the camera and I will take some shots. And it usually turns out okay. <laughs> it's good that you are good in Lightroom. <laughs> no Photoshop. We don't use any Photoshop. <laughs> no, it's okay. You take, you, some, you take some nice photos as well. I practiced yeah. a lot, but under, under, um, um, uh, under force <laughs> he yeah. forced me a bit sometimes <laughs> yeah but it's, it's mostly me behind the behind the camera and it's funny because when we started the blog it was mostly now robin um taking the photographs and i did all the writing but you started writing a lot as well and now it's actually you who does most of the writing yeah oh okay interesting I must say, Robin, I, I need to give you some. No, I mean, no offense, Sabina, but Robin, <laughs> he has he has a great eye. He he has there is there is a talent there, no doubt. Some great photography. There's super nice pictures. Thank you. So, but when uh, yeah, it's it's really it is it. amazing to look at. Yeah. But just for those maybe camera nerds out there, what what's your gear? What's what's the choice of weapon? Uh, it's a good question, actually, because I recently switched brands. I previously I shot Fujifilm, mm -hmm. and now I switched to uh, to Ricoh. But my thing, the the camera, what I'm enjoying the most shooting with is is a camera with a prime lens. So it's 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 with the for the camera nerds uh, among us, it's with a fixed focal uh, focal length, so you yeah. can't zoom. Exactly. And for me, that really works. Uh, super, uh, super creative uh, boosting. It's like it makes me think how to compose. It makes me be a bit more adventurous and climb up somewhere. So, so you can get a different angle than just than just zoom. Yeah, you need to zoom with your legs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Basically, yeah, or your wheels. Uh, or your wheels yeah exactly yeah. now it's nice you can get a much better aperture right and, and much better bouquet on if you have those uh, fixed fixed lenses yeah lens maybe i'm speaking outside of my my territory here but no, it's, it's, it is correct and the lenses are usually sharper as well so you get a, a more clear crisp image and, and you, you're great. only carrying that one camera that one lens not nothing else with you on the on the big trip, we had actually two cameras with us, uh, but now I mostly have just one just one camera with me. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. Because some, sometimes it feels like you have sort of multiple lenses or something because you just get you're so good at uh, finding angles and yeah, as you say, how to compose the pictures. Yeah, it it, it shooting with a prime lens now kind of makes me makes me want uh, to get a, a camera with a zoom lens again. But I think <laughs> what, what really uh, what I try to do is I rarely just take one single photo, but I think I think in in a in a series. Mm -hmm. So if I, if I see an interesting scene, then I take a couple of shots from from different angles, different distances. Uh, and then you get 
you kind of get get a get a story immediately then already even even without putting a, a words or a text uh, with the photos awesome it's awesome. so funny always when we are cycling in a group and you want to take photos as well uh sometimes you have to sprint ahead a little bit but and for me i know it when we are cycling and all of a sudden robin picks up the pace i know okay he wants to take a photo at the beginning i would get quite frustrated because i would already be maybe a little bit and i like the pace we were riding at and then he would just shoot ahead but at one point i learned okay i will see him in a couple of hundred meters and then he will be standing in the bushes <laughs> with his camera <laughs> getting ready to take a shot uh, but when we are cycling in a group a lot of the people they think ah nice sprint <laughs> so it's sometimes a challenge and you get all the forever butt photos <laughs> you have to be a lot faster than the rest yeah. of the group if you want to be able yeah. to get ahead to uh, set up the photograph yeah i can imagine i can i can only imagine i mean i ride mostly by myself so i, I would love to have to ride someone ride me with me so i can take pictures of them and they can take pictures of me but yeah that's that's how it is. Um, how how do you go about sort of choosing your destinations? Because I know that you've been where I'm from in around Halmstad, Halland. You've been in Dalsland. You you mentioned that you went to, to to Norway just now. How do you choose your destinations when you when you when you go on your bikepacking trips now? You read a lot of blogs about bikepacking, and you follow a lot of people online uh, or on on social media. And we just get inspiration from those, yeah, those sources. Yeah, and I really love maps. I really like looking at maps. I can I can watch a look at maps all day and just zoom in and out and drag back and forth. It's uh, so. It's do you? Do you use, I, I heard you you, you talked about Komoot. I'm not so well versed with Komoot, but is that your as well the, the the tool that you use for maps, or do you use different ones for different reasons or purposes? Or Komoot uh, Komoot is one of the tools I'm using. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. it's definitely uh, it's definitely a useful uh, useful program to uh, to create your adventures. Yeah, yeah because within Komoot you can see highlights that other people have created. Um, so. People will post some photos, they will write some information about it. Uh, so if you see on the map that there is a lot of red little dots, you know that it's a nice area to be uh, adventuring in because uh, yeah, other people have already been there and they thought it was so nice that they actually took the time to create the highlights. Um, and then you can also see uh, uh, collections that other people made. And that is just a collection of different routes and that is usually then uh, a journey or it can also be a collection of different routes in one area uh, so we do that as well sometimes we uh, travel somewhere and uh, then we do uh, rides from one place or we do really an a to b journey uh, we did that for example with the credit card journey in uh, in italy uh, that was really a round trip and before that, we went to Girona, and there we cycled from uh, the Roca Corba guest house, which is absolutely amazing guest house for cyclists. <laughs> um, yeah, so like, there's not one type of cycling or bike travel. You can do a lot of different types. Really, what suits you? You see a lot of 
awesome things coming out of Girona, right, in that area. So I'm I'm a little bit envious that you guys went there, and I never been there yet. But yeah, it's on my bucket list. So let's see. I maybe I'll do my first backpacking back backpacking there. Who knows? <laughs> what, what's coming in the future now, guys? Uh, what's 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 in the calendar for 2024? We would like to go on some adventures that are a bit closer to home, so we're not getting back to uh, to to Kyrgyzstan or to uh, to Indonesia. But we we'd like to explore parts of Sweden a bit more. We'd like to go to Norway. I think Norway is is pretty cool for uh, for biking adventures as well. Yeah, uh, I think Scandinavia. We are here now, but we are in the most southern tip, like you said, and there's such a adventure just north from us we need to explore it but we have never been more northern than stockholm which is crazy and you think oh that's actually quite far up north but it's not even the middle of sweden yet exactly <laughs> like one third up or even not even not even yeah exactly. yeah so we really want to discover more of scandinavia it is truly beautiful up there. I used to, when I was a kid, when I was around five, six, seven years old, I, I lived up by the Polar Circle at a place called Jokmok for five years. Ah, cool. And I, I, I remember to this day some, some, of, some of those things upstairs when you saw the, the northern lights, all the reindeers and, and the, the forest with all the blueberries. It was just incredible. I have, yeah, beautiful. So I, if, Go up north. It's it's nice. <laughs> yeah, amazing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really looking forward to it. Awesome. This has been a blast. I want to ask you uh, a last question, and this is where I usually put uh, sort of switch the the table around a little bit, and I ask if you have have a question for me. I have one question. So you have obviously already been fantasizing about going bikepacking somewhere. Where? Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I did mention it. I've been thinking about uh, something in, in Spain. I think that would be awesome. I spent so much time on the island of Mallorca, which I love, but the mainland of Spain, I have never really explored. So I think that would be a destination. And so seeing the Tracas, even seeing those places, it just looks so freaking epic. Yeah. So if I could... Uh, I think that would probably be one of those destinations that I would have really high up on the list. And I think then you already have a route, right? Because you can just see what people did in the race and you will already have a race. Or in the Traka is not a race. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. But it's, yeah. But there's a lot of uh, events organized in Spain. Might be a little too short for a bikepacking trip. Can combine them it's together. I'm not as fast as those tracker guys, so no. <laughs> <laughs> with them racing style, right? No, that's the okay. nice part. No, you can okay. see it's, it's 360k, so it's yeah, you could I don't know, maybe spread it out, spread run? it out over four days. Do you have exactly for Marcus? If you wanna do a cool bikepacking bikepacking route in Spain, I would I would check out a route called Montanas Facias. Mm-hmm. Never heard about. It starts and finishes in Teruel. It's it's in the center part, uh, not far from Madrid, and it's uh -huh. in an area what and they call it Spanish Lapland because it apparently it has the same population density as as parts of Lapland. Oh, really? So there's like no people there. <laughs> exactly. 
So these are the trips that Robin always plans, but honestly, they are the best ones. It's just hard. <laughs> And awesome. another thing, another thing they have in common, by the way, is here in here in Sweden and in Scandinavia, we have wind shelters. Oh, yeah, uh, so, right. so it's like the the like the yeah the wooden structures where you can camp in, and you have yeah. those ones. You have those ones in Spain as well along that route. That oh, goes. really? I thought that was really something more Scandinavian that we did here. I thought oh, so too. Awesome. Apparently, it's in it's a, it's a thing in uh, in Spain as well. So where you can make your fire there, and you can sort of yeah, you can sleep a little bit secure. Exactly. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Cool. So you have that... a plan for summer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you, guys. This has been a blast. I've learned so much and I had no idea about. So thank you very much for sharing. It's been a true blessing to have you uh, join this, this, whatever I call it. I will find some word I can put in here. And now mm -hmm. I need to edit this <laughs> because it becomes awkward. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you very much. This is this has been awesome. Uh, I really hope that we get to see, see each other uh, in in real life again soon again. Yeah, let's meet up for a ride soon because it's long overdue. It is. Thank yeah, you, Robin. Thank you, Sabina. Holland or something. Yeah. Say again. Maybe the dirty Holland. Yes, I would love to do that. Let's That's you in March somewhere. End March. Approximately, it's the last week of March. It's quite yeah. early in the season when the shape isn't isn't that great yet. <laughs> but uh, if I'm not in Mallorca, then then uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, let us know. And thanks, thanks for having us. It was, uh, it was awesome. Really Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Have a good evening. See you, Marcus. Oh wow, that was amazing. I cannot understand how brave they were to be able to go through all those countries doing the things that they did. And staying away from home a year and a half, leaving everything behind. I don't know if I have the heart or the brain or the, the braveness to do something like that. Wow. You have all of the kudos that I can ever give. Uh, it's amazing. Let me know how you think about bikepacking. Is it nice? Is it not? Is it something that you want to do? Is it something that you have on your bucket list? Let me know in the comments below. And be sure to hit that subscribe and like button. If you like what you saw, you can see more content like this. Until next time, guys. Bye.